Welcome to the Commune Podcast. This is Jeff Krasno. You know, I gotta tell you, you're a real jerk. An utter nincompoop, a dullard, an ignoramus, a cretin, a half-witted imbecile, a truculent, narcissistic, obstreperous, solipsistic blockhead. Of course, I'm joking. I don't believe any of those things. And as I will expound on in this episode, I am simply thrusting upon you a stoic practice geared at building psychological resilience. Now, many of you may receive my weekly Sunday Commusing article, where I address a breadth of issues from the spiritual to the sociopolitical. And on occasion, I will also record an audio version of these articles and release it as a bonus episode. So the genesis of this episode was from an essay I wrote a couple of weeks ago. But before I dive in, a humble request. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Now, if you're a regular listener, you sense how much effort is put into the creation of this podcast. And we really do our best to keep sponsor announcements to a minimum and provide access to scintillating guests and probe salient issues. So if you're looking for a way to support our efforts, the best way is to subscribe to our Commune course platform. There you'll access more than a hundred courses featuring the world's top authors and thought leaders. You can check it out for 14 days for free at onecommune.com slash trial. And if you have any questions or comments about the show, email me directly at jeffk at onecommune.com or follow my regular exhortations on the Instagram at Jeff Krasno. Okay, on to the show. Today's missive explores how we can build our psychological immune system. I hope you enjoy today's commusing titled Eat Dirt. Skyler contends that she rarely falls ill because, as a kid, she ate so much dirt. If you were to visit her childhood home, you would understand her claim at once. Long-forgotten dust bunnies garnish the creaky floorboards, and elaborate cobwebs ornament the rafters. If you tried to bounce a dime on the bedsheets, it would likely vanish into the black hole of a crusty paisley comforter from the 80s. The abundance of love radiating through that old wooden house is matched only by the utter dearth of cleaning products. And while the copious consumption of dirt itself might not ward off disease, the ingestion of bounteous microbes that reveled in the bacterial bordello that was Schuyler's home may well have contributed to her sturdy composition. There is increasing evidence from scientific studies that support the hygiene hypothesis. This theory posits that disease, especially autoimmune conditions, are more common in the quote-unquote developed world because of the prevalence of antibacterials and antibiotics that reduce children's contact to microbes. 
In short, one builds one's biological immune system through low-grade exposure to bacteria and viruses. Of course, many vaccines leverage this very science. The chickenpox vaccine, for example, contains an attenuated virus that gives its recipient a diminutive viral load. In turn, the body produces antibodies, which are subsequently on call to fight off infection in case one comes across the varicella virus naturally. The great Stoics would argue that the same logic is applicable to the health of your psychological immune system. Stoicism, a philosophy of personal ethics founded by Zeno in the 3rd century BC, celebrated the development of resilience through subjection to adversity. Exposure to insult and ridicule build up mental resilience such that, in the face of it, one becomes indifferent like being exposed to chickenpox while possessing immunity. The ancient Greeks dubbed this quality of character euthemia, a state of unflappable positivity that emerges from living calmly and steadily and being undisturbed by fear or offense. The celebrated Stoic and Emperor of Rome, Marcus Aurelius, wrote, to be like the rock that waves keep crashing over, it stands unmoved, and the raging of the sea falls still around it. I have an admittedly annoying practice, not patently stoic, that I employ in stressful traffic situations. When someone lays into their horn, generally because I'm driving too sluggishly, I let their car sidle up next to me. Then with exaggerated animation, I wave at them gleefully as if their honking had indicated that they recognized me from somewhere. This action almost always elicits total confusion and douses the fire of road rage. Now, given that I host a podcast and write voluminously, often addressing sensitive cultural issues, I've begun to expect salvos of negative, occasionally hostile comments and messages. During the summer of 2020, emotional fuses were understandably short. The elixir of COVID and the reckoning for social justice had reached a boiling point. Now, I don't claim to be completely impervious to harsh criticism, but I began to look forward to negative feedback as a psychological challenge. I would eagerly await moral censure to crest the bow of my inbox, and inevitably, it did. Upon receipt of disparagement, I would kindly invite my detractors to join me on a Zoom call. This yielded similar results to my road rage technique, flummoxing most into retreat. However, approximately 15 brave souls took me up on my offer. As soon as we were two-dimensionally face-to-face, tempers were tempered and daggers dulled. It's hard to hate up close. Mostly, people just wanted to be heard. And in the end, I made a bunch of new frenemies and my temperamental immunity ratcheted up slowly week after week. Seneca wrote, To bear trials with a calm mind robs misfortune of its strength and burden. The best strategy for disarming an insult is to be unaffected by it. As someone may attempt to belittle you or convince you that you are inadequate, if you simply let it slide right off of you, you pilfer their power, and in their impotency, they have little choice but to cease their maleficent behavior. 
It is a provocative thought experiment to apply this logic to hate speech. If we indifferently and equanimously let the haters hate, how long would they scream in the wind upon deaf ears before collapsing in exhaustion? But maybe in a society uninoculated to hatred, odium spreads. There's a good-natured debate here to be had with regards to censorship. The practice of euthemia undoubtedly holds significant utility in this day and age. Now, if you're on Facebook or Twitter, you don't have to look hard to witness the exchange of invidious barbs and ad hominem attacks. There always seems to be someone cutting you down to size, doubting your abilities, or belittling your opinions. Aurelius counseled, if you are distressed by anything external, the pain is not due to the thing itself, but to your estimate of it. And this you have the power to revoke at any moment. And he went on, the best revenge is to be unlike him who performed the injury. If you seek a state of internal calm and contentment, if you aspire to be resilient in the face of adversity, if you are searching for an opportunity for personal growth, consider this practice. Eat some dirt. Okay. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Commune Podcast. I'm always here at Jeff K at onecommune.com and follow me on the Instagram at Jeff Krasno. That's all from The Commune for this week. My name's Jeff Krasno and I am here for you. Mm-hmm.